But today I want to um, title this message, Love Works. And look at Jeremiah 29.7. Jeremiah 29.7. But I'm going to actually not start in Jeremiah 29.7. Uh, I want to give us just a couple of thoughts. Because I'm going to spend just a few minutes on a topic that is huge in the Bible and is relevant to every person in the room and can change your life this year. So true love is found in God and it's fulfilled in sharing it with others. We get transformed by the love of God. When we receive the love of God, the, everything that we have prayed and sung about and talked about already this morning, receiving the forgiveness of God, forgiveness of sins, a cleansing, change, and even just coming to realize that God knows us, God cares about us, God enjoys us. It changes us. But the fact of the matter is, is that if we keep it on the inside, it's not fulfilled. The, the love of God is fulfilled when we share it. We can take action for the good of others out of this love. And we have, um, in this time of fasting, talked about the Jesus words, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God, or in this translation, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Understand that means in right standing and in a healthy way, relationship with God and with others. Seek first the kingdom of God, live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. It's so easy to take the words of Scripture out of context, miss the meaning, and therefore miss the power and become frustrated. Well, what is this kingdom of God that Jesus speaks of so so much? Is that just for the the by and by, off in the distant future, after however the end of human history occurs? No. Actually, it's here and now. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 says this, The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. I think we make a mistake when we get all stressed out thinking, I need to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. What about, maybe God has an idea. What about maybe God is already doing stuff? What about maybe God has already been doing stuff in you and through you and God has already placed you in a time time and place and with opportunity, with the skill set and with gifts so that doing the next thing in your life, even if it does mean a change, does not mean it is all on you. And maybe if we shift our focus to, hey, what is God doing on the planet? We can be more fulfilled We can be connected. And when stuff doesn't go the way we want it to, we can take it to God. When when we're conflicted about things, we can take it to God. When we see contradiction, we can take it to God. We can ask God for perspective. What I have found is that people who truly seek the kingdom of God above all else are happier than others. And it's not, we're not talking about people that pursue full-time Christian ministry, quote-unquote. I'm talking about people who discern that God is at work in our world here and now, even as crazy as that sounds because of all the mess that we see. And that there's more joy and more fulfillment when we realize that God has already been at work. The kingdom of God. So what what is said in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7, before they get to verse 11? 
Well, God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah and says, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. For in its welfare, you will find your own welfare. Now, this is not the best English translation of the Hebrew word, but what we are seeing in this phrase is God talking about them working and praying for the shalom, peace of God in that area. Now, we have done a whole series on this before. The Hebrew word shalom, the Greek word erene, is the same word, same theme in Scripture. It's all throughout Scripture, and it's what we are to pursue. So don't get tripped up by the word prosperity there, or even 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 peace. Our own English understanding of peace is inadequate, because it does mean bringing an end to conflict, but it also means bringing each party to be whole. It's bringing restoration where there has been wrong. It is lifting up those that have been oppressed and healing them and bringing restitution and repair. The kingdom of God, when we see, seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. That peace, that that statement, if I do a word study in the Bible, I'm going to come away from the with a realization that God is at work in our world and that even to his people who are being sent into exile, into enslavement, into an evil place, he said, I want you to work for the well-being of that society. So whether you believe our president is evil or not, we should still be working for the welfare of our city. It is the kingdom of God for us to work for and pray for the welfare, the peace, the wholeness, the shalom of God. Now, we've done several weeks on this in the past, but really, really important. Now, what I find also a lot of people miss, one of the most beautiful pictures of this, is another prophecy we find in Ezekiel chapter 34. And on the screen you see Ezekiel 34 verse 25, where God's saying, I will make a covenant of shalom peace with my people. And this is what Jesus quotes in John 10 when Jesus talks about him being the good shepherd. And we see in Ezekiel 34 a picture of God working as the good shepherd to bring about this shalom peace, to bring about a making everyone whole, causing things to work together well. Sound familiar? God speaks to this prophetic image of this is what I am doing, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to go, and there's a future prophecy about it as well, but it is not in a vacuum, and there is an apocalyptic aspect, an end times aspect to the prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 34, but there is also a call to action today, because the chapter starts by bringing a conviction of sin for those who had knowledge of who God is and weren't doing what they should do with it. So it starts for a call to, hey, that's wrong, make it right, confess your sins, come into, and that is the time and place in which we see this picture of the good shepherd. In talking about the kingdom of God as shalom, this peace, this wholeness, and the everyday life working in that direction. Well, Pastor Ben, I just think you're a little bit off your rocker today. You are over-caffeinated. I'm actually a little bit under-caffeinated per usual, believe it or not. Well, so check this. So here we get a, a totally different description. Jeremiah chapter 22, verses 15 through 16. Josiah had plenty to eat and drink. Take that one out of context. 
but he was just just and right in all his dealings. That is why God blessed him. Watch this now. He gave justice and help to the poor and needy, and everything went well for him. Isn't that what it means to know me, God says? Whoa. Bringing justice and help to the poor and the needy. Well, I thought seeking first the kingdom of God just meant we preach the gospel and we tell people to turn or burn. Whoa, time the heck out. No wonder nobody's coming to your deal. Yes, drawing people to the love and the peace that's found in Jesus through giving that love to them is our top priority, but the kingdom of God is clearly a big deal. Jesus, when he reveals his identity as Messiah, quotes Isaiah 61, which is about this salvation and this ultimate salvation in the future, but it also includes a clear message about help to the poor and bringing justice, making right the wrongs. This is included in the kingdom of God and what we are to pursue in the here and now. Now check this. What do we get? The great commandment. What is the most important thing, right? We quote it all the time. Jesus says, love God with all you've got. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And we get the golden rule. Jesus says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Philippians chapter 2, 11 picks up on this in the context of talking about how we should endeavor to become more like Jesus. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It is right, it is good, it is fulfilling when we look to help take care of other people. Not just in, hey, I'm not going to slap you upside the head, but I stop to think long enough about what what is it that you're going through, and then I try to take action to move in the direction to help you. And that is in our everyday life right? In our homes, at our workplaces, wherever God has placed us, will I look at the people that are around me? And the people that are around you are the only eternal investment in your life. Not your house, not your car, not your clothes, not your favorite toys and possessions or your favorite stream shows. All that stuff will burn one day. The only thing in your life that lasts forever is the people. When you look around, am I looking out for their interests? Because of Jesus. Well, we see a theme. This is a really big theme in the scripture. Here's just a few examples. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, Ephesians 4, 28, all say this, help those in need by working hard. Well, we just so happen to live in an area where we have a really good example of that, the Underground Railroad, which is neither underground nor a railroad. Like Rhode Island, it's neither a road nor an island. Discuss. <laughs> I just, a couple of you roll your eyes and it just, it's just irresistible to me. So, the Underground Railroad, what did we see? We see people take on the interests of others. Harriet Tubman is pictured there. Her story is amazing! Read that story. The, the, the crazy looking white guy there, his name is Levi Coffin. I cut a few inches off my beard. No one even commented. Look at this guy. His last name's Coffin. He's a scary looking individual. <laughs> he and his family were responsible for the freedom of more than 2,000 African American slaves. We can look around at the people in our lives already and take action. 
I thank God for Christine Kane and the A21 campaign and what they've done. They've, did you know that the Super Bowl today is always where the peak of sex trafficking happens in the United States? The peak of prostitution and, and child sex labor, labor in our country? And they've already imprisoned people that were there doing sex trafficking this weekend. They're Christians that I've supported for years that I've met and I've talked to. Okay. What can you do? Well, for starters, I want you to learn. I want you to realize that God is at work, that God has purpose in this world, that God's kingdom is this righteousness, peace, and joy, and start to think about that. And here's what we do. Five action steps. One, pray. Ask God for wisdom and guidance. Ask God to help you see where his kingdom is already at work around you in your immediate surroundings and ask him for wisdom about what he would have you to do. I don't want you to try to be me. I want you to do you. God loves you. God doesn't want you comparing yourself to someone else. God created you by design. He gave you gift sets and and strengths that are different than mine and better jokes. God's given you some ability and he wants you to put it to use. But it's not good for us to start and stress list a whole bunch of things. That's a bad place to start. A good place to start is to pray and to ask God for wisdom. God, what would you have me do? Second, identify what are the opportunities in front of me after you've prayed? What are the identify uh, opportunities in front of me? Third, plan. So I take, what is God asking me to do? I get some strategy from that. Maybe I take it to one or two other mature Christians and say, hey, this is what I think God is saying to me and this is the opportunity that I see and this is the strategy that I'm starting to, to, to sense that I should take up. Ask. Then make a plan. What are the things? The short-term things, long-term things? You might have to change habits. You might have to change schedule. You might have to change tendencies. Make Make a plan. Number four, take one step. Do one thing. Do one thing about this plan. And number five, share. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about what happened. It's fun. We could share stories of of our mistakes and share stories of our victories. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, I have asked uh, Pastor Rebecca to come and to give um, an introduction uh, to uh, then a conversation between her and Allison, will you please welcome them as they come today? Good morning. I wrapped it very well this morning. So as Ben mentioned, um, this is Allison's last Sunday with us, which makes me very sad, but I'm also so excited for what God is going to take her into next. It's very, very exciting. Um, So what we thought we would do, um, so that, because some of you haven't had the chance to ask her face-to-face questions, some of you may not have even known that her last Sunday was coming up, but we thought we would kind of do a little bit of an interview to help you guys understand what she's been up to, where she's going and how we can be involved with her on an ongoing basis. So, um, ready? Sure. (laughs) So can you describe in a a few sentences that you've been working for World Relief and what is kind of the overarching goal that they have? Sure. 
So, um, yes, yeah, so I work for an organization called World Relief, and our headquarters is here in Baltimore. Um, our official mission statement is to empower the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Um, and so we do that by working um, here in the U.S. and um, in over 20 different countries around the world um, in a variety of different programs, um, thinking about how people are vulnerable in so many different ways. We have a, emotional and social vulnerabilities as well as poverty. Um, I put this up there because it gets helpful. It says, World Relief partners with the local church to catalyze a movement of change um, resulting in thriving families, flourishing communities, and strengthening churches. So I work on the health programs that are involved with that. Um, but yeah, really thinking about how can we work with churches to, to see families strengthened and community strengthened as a result. And so uh, this, I love this, um, especially even in light of Ben's message, the whole way that they marry the churches with the needs of the everyday person, the people that they see around all the time. And so from a personal standpoint, I wanted to share a personal story really quick to give you kind of a tie-in to of like where my heart is at with this as well. Um, so three days before I turned 16, my parents and my um, younger brother, younger sister all moved to Uganda, and um, which is East Africa. And I was there for almost um, almost two years. And while we were there, we lived in the city at first, and then we also lived out in the country in the middle of nowhere um, with a bunch of people is really fun. Um, but one of the things that was different for us is we were able to come from the States with medication for malaria. Malaria is a huge issue. Um, and But despite the fact that we had medication, which a lot of people did not have access to, both my brother and my mom got malaria while we were there, even taking medication. So for my brother, he... You know, it's pain, it's high fever, it's chills, even to the point of delirium. It's um, it's really just racks your body. He lost so much weight. And um, thankfully, though, he was healed and he's fine. My mom, on the other hand, also contracted it. And um, it ended up waking up a disease that she has had to deal with ever since then. And again, miracle from God, she should have potentially either died and or had a liver transplant by now, but God has protected and covered her. And um, so that is also a miracle. But that is my family's story with medication. And so World Relief that goes in and deals with these kinds of issues and provides help and hope for these kinds of issues is amazing and so desperately needed. And so that's why we're really excited that Allison gets to go in the forefront and be a part of that. So... First of all, where is Malawi? <laughs> so, Malawi is a tiny little country in southern Africa, and it is um, it is about four five four hours drive wide at certain parts, um, but and it's uh, long. There's a big lake in the middle of it, and it's surrounded by Mozambique. In Zambia and Tanzania, that gives you a reference point. Mm-hmm. All right, and um, why are you choosing to go to Malawi? Why Malawi? Why Malawi? Let me have that picture. Um, okay, I've got notes. So this is this is also Malawi. 
Um, this is what it looks like. And um, when a lot of the time that I spend there, um, I've, uh, I've been going there for the last um, five years. And uh, since I moved to Baltimore like five and a half years ago. And um, when I spend time in Malawi and in other um, nations in Sub-Saharan Africa, um, a lot of my time is spent in areas like this. Um, in villages, driving along very bumpy roads, <laughs> through like stunning, gorgeous scenery um, to go out to little villages where my programs work. <laughs> um, and, and so when I think of why, why am I going to Malawi, um, first of all, there's just a lot of personal reasons. Um, a long time ago when I was in high school, um, I, I really felt like God was was calling me to spend an extended period of my life living overseas. And I didn't know if that meant I was going to, you know, live somewhere for 50 years or what it was. Um, but it's something I've held on to and have spent some, some periods of time um, and have gone back and forth a lot, especially over the last five years. But um, something that God has been bringing up more and more and just felt like he was saying, it's time. And uh, with my work, I support, um, I support programs that work in, in communities to improve the health of women and children and families. And um, a lot of the programs that I work on are in Malawi. And so when I was praying about where I should go, um, it was the kind of logical choice. And I said, okay, well, God, I don't want to just choose what's logical. I want to go where you're telling me to go. And the more and more that I prayed about it, um, I just got confirmation from the Lord that just because it was logical didn't mean that it wasn't him, (laughs) Um, that he had put these things into motion to make it logical so that I might know that it's him. So so that is the answer. Right. Uh, So what exactly will you be doing kind of on a daily basis there in Malawi? Give us a snapshot of the things you'll be involved with. Yeah. Okay, so, um, sorry, I had these notes that are distracting me on this slide over here. Um, <laughs> this is this is actually one of my colleagues um, in Malawi, and her her little boy. Um, when we were out in the community, she carried him carried him with us, and so my job um, is actually not really changing officially. The job that I do here in Baltimore, I'm going to still be doing there. A lot of my day-to-day is actually sitting at a desk. <laughs> but, um, but I also, my, I get to work with our offices to create programs that work with moms and, and kids, um, like my colleague here, and, um, and families, and really trying to, um, to improve their, their health. Um, so we have, So, um, Malawi is one of the poorest countries in the world, and um, in the rural areas where I work, um, one of every two people is is living in poverty, um, and so that is has a lot to do with shelter and having enough food and being able to feed their children um, and being vulnerable to diseases. And so, a lot of the programs that I work on are 
um, looking at malnutrition and malaria and um, common diseases like malaria and diarrhea and pneumonia and HIV, which um, one in 10 people in Malawi have HIV. Um, adolescent girls are extremely vulnerable to this, and so that's a population I work with as well. Um, so my everyday, this is part of it. Um, this is a group of women who, um, who are from a community. They've been chosen by their neighbors um, to learn a health lesson every couple of weeks and then come and bring it back and teach their neighbors what they've learned. So it's like they learn a little bit, like learn about hand washing one week or about um, different, different kinds of foods that kids need to eat. And so these groups of women um, are, are going to be a lot, they're, they're currently a part of a lot of my job and they will continue to be. <laughs> um, but, you know, from this one household of one mom talking to another mom about how, um, how they can improve the health of their, of their kids and make sure that they grow up strong, um, we create this whole network where we're reaching over a million families, um, over a million people, um, about 500,000 families in Malawi alone in our programs. And so um, my day-to-day is reports and proposals and stuff, but it's also getting to spend time in communities like this. And so you mentioned that here your job is also sitting at a desk and doing reports and stuff. So what is the advantage of going to Malawi and doing much of that same sort of job there versus staying here in Baltimore and doing it the way you have been? Mm-hmm. Good question. I have a picture of that too. Oh. That's just, uh, you notice that's a grasshopper? <coughs> this is just a, a fun moment in the community where that's a, we're showing that it's a food group. One of the parts, it's an animal source food, so we're talking about using local resources. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll send a picture sometime of me taking the dare. Um, this is the church. Um, a lot of the churches that we, we work in and through churches, and so we had a community meeting in a church here. Um, we work in a lot of different sectors. Sorry, I'm getting to the one where I didn't download right. Okay, so but how, how will things be different when I'm in Malawi? Um, this picture is actually from Burundi, and then this one is, is in Malawi. But um, they illustrate what's different because instead of going like once or maybe twice a year, <laughs> um, I get to spend a lot more time directly with um, in the community. And so our programs are implemented by people who are from those places, from those communities, I just kind of get to come alongside and help, but um, I get to I'll get to go kind of back and forth more. But also, just a lot of the people that I work with, I spend time on Skype and on WhatsApp and trying to get people on Skype and trying to get people on WhatsApp. And when it is cloudy there, the internet doesn't work. So it's <laughs> a lot of the time that I spend on that, I now will be able to go and knock on somebody's door. Uh, or catch them while we're eating lunch or at, like after morning devotions and just talk through things and work through things with them. So it's to be a lot closer to the things that we're working on and um, I think understanding um, better, more clearly, just really what's happening in the, in the culture and the context um, will, 
will be so helpful in being able to develop good programs that are effective, not just because, you know, I want to, like, do a good program, but because it's, like, empowering the church, empowering communities to actually see change that lasts. Okay. Yes. All right, so with all your travels to Malawi so far, what are the things about the country that you really love? Um, so one thing I love about Malawi is it is, so it's this tiny country that so many people haven't heard of, but it is gorgeous. It's so Malawi is called the warm heart of Africa. Mm. Um, I think it's mostly because of the people, um, because they're kind and welcoming and just, um, it's such a great, um, a great place to be, but also uh, while it's not the hottest place, <laughs> um, it does have this lake that takes up like a third of the country, so you kind of feel like you're on the ocean when you get to go sit by the beach. Um, I've been chased by a crocodile there, but I've obviously survived. <laughs> um, so um, the so the, the lake, the water, the, the jacaranda trees that flower all year round. Um, but then this other picture is um, a colleague, a former colleague of mine, who we were driving up, um, we were driving up to go to a program site, and um, we stopped for lunch. Someone said, "Oh, you know that person who used to work with us? She's in town. Like we should call her." And she just came over, and this woman who I've known for years and hadn't seen in a while, and um, got to have a you know ice cream cone before <laughs> I continued on the road. But Sigere, um, my friend. She just reminds me of the fact that um, while I go back and forth a lot, I'm really grateful that the the relationships that I have already with um, really incredible people, um, they're what, what make Malawi so special to me. And so I never thought that I was going to be... My heart um, has always been for, for India and for, like, South, Southern Asia. <laughs> so... The, like, I never saw myself as somebody who was interested in, in Africa, um, but these this, these experiences and these people, um, God has just opened another another um, part of His heart for me to experience in this place. So, yeah. moving to a different country with different cultures is always a little bit difficult, and you've had some experience, I'm sure, with difficulties of that. But with a more long term outlook, what are some of the challenges that you foresee may be presenting themselves to you later as you move? (laughs) Well, here's an easy one. Uh, uh, It's rabies season right now in Malawi. And so this this has happened more than once where the car gets stuck in the mud. But it's also, uh, there's logistical challenges and, you know, kind of things like that that we can laugh off and experience together and they build teamwork. Um, But, yeah, I think there's the, you know, learning a new place while I've spent a lot of time there. It is, it's still a completely different culture from my own. And um, there's so much to learn and so many mistakes that I will make. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think it's it's everything from the, the everyday, how do I how do I get to work? How do I like get a mode of transportation if I need to get insurance? Navigating those kinds of systems. How do I, you know, go to the market in this you know specific place? 
um, to um, you know learning a new community culture um, and um, yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. While you are away, what ways can we be praying for you? Sure. Um, so I just put a few things up here. I think um, in the immediate term. So I fly out on Thursday. Um, it's kind of happened. It's been in the works for a long time, but it's still happening very fast. So, um, so one practical way this week is just to pray for the transition out of all the things that I'm trying to to finish, whether it's details or just trying to um, to you know relational, you know, getting all those relationships and and that time. Um, but yeah, the transition in um, and, and learning a new place and um, and just finding community and finding a home. So I need to actually find a place to live. But also, um, you know, I, it was hard enough for me when I moved to Baltimore to uh, to kind of feel like I had a community here. And I'm so grateful for this church for providing so much of that for me. Um, so yeah, I can. I would love prayer for finding that community there for finding. Um, friends and people who love Jesus and will um, be an encouragement who I can walk with and, and run with um, in all this. And the third thing is um, just for the programs that I work on. Uh, we've had some unexpected challenges coming up with a number of projects lately, and um, yeah, I just I'm even reminded this morning as Ben was talking about praying for for miracles and things that kind of seem out of reach. Um, you know, it can be easy to to feel a little bit hopeless when things happen that we don't expect. Um, but I'm just reminded that even in these challenges that we can pray that God will God will provide and um, trust Him that He has a plan, but like ask in faith for Him to... Um, to, to give us people to work with and, and places to go and programs to do and um, yeah so so yeah just uh, we for the programs that were we have some that are ending quickly um, but just that God would, would work through the ones that we have mm-hmm. and that he would um, he would give us the work that he wants us to do um, to to see families changed and transformed um, and you know it's it's uh, I'm I'm not out there doing like direct uh, I'm not like going and, and sharing the spoken gospel every single day um, but wow this this work of thinking about you know how can we be healthy it also ties into um, to being transformed by by the love of God and so as we get to work through um, the church to do this. The church gets an opportunity to share the love of God with their neighbors. And, um, and so just prayers that that would be strengthened. Thank you. Any last thoughts or comments before we move on? Ha <laughs> ha uh, I'm just really grateful for you guys. Naya has a comment. What can Charm City learn from the war part of that? Ooh, that's... (laughs) Um, You know, I moved here from the Midwest, and there, people, like, 
smile, and when you see somebody on the street, it's like, oh, hi, how are you? You know, if you've never seen them before. And I moved to Baltimore, and it was kind of like, everybody, like, you stick to your own, you don't look around, you don't talk to people. Sometimes, in some communities, like, in some areas, I do get a little bit more of that. But I think, like, that is the same, that experience that, that I have in, in the warm heart of Africa and in many of the other places that I work that that embrace yeah. of people. Um, somebody once explained it to me and he said, he was talking about Africa in general and he said, in Africa they embrace you and then they get to know you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think learning how to embrace people even before, um, you know, sometimes it can be easy to be like, oh, do I really want to? <laughs> but learning that embrace and um and sharing with God people. But, yeah. No. My thoughts were thank you and I'm grateful for you guys and it will continue to be engaged and my my office's home base is here so I am grateful that I get to still come through and uh, I'll pop in here and there. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, Allison has presented this uh information uh, with humility as we would expect her and her team uh, if you caught they're serving 500,000 families in the country of Malawi and there's a lot of educational pieces a lot of holistic pieces there's a lot of native um, um, staff members people that are being trained and just a beautiful approach to how they're bringing this change in the country and there's um, educational piece to it on nutrition, um, on healthcare, um, on the issue of malaria. So there are literally thousands of children that are alive today in Africa because of the work of this team. That's no exaggeration whatsoever. This significant work that's going on. And as Allison has been an important part of this church for a long time, uh, we thought we would uh, close our time by praying for her. But I really wanted to get, give you a chance to engage with what she's doing as we will continue to try to be informed on what's going on with her and engage with her and, and pray for her. So that's, that's our purpose. Okay. So will you please just, uh, you know, as a show of support, just uh, stretch your hand toward her as we, uh, pray for her. God, we thank you that you help each of us find purpose in you. And we thank you that Allison has found a purpose in your redemptive work in the world. We thank you for the way that you've connected her with this team and with this ongoing work in the nation of Malawi. Lord, I pray that you would do miracles. Lord, that you would increase the connection with local churches and with, uh, Lord, government agencies, non-government agencies that are over there that are important partners for the projects to benefit the people, to help bring your shalom peace to the people. Lord, we thank you for the educational pieces and all that has gone into it. But, Lord, I pray that you would open new doors. You would help Allison and her team, Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would support them, that you would bring healing to them, Lord, that you would um, open avenues of resource that, yes. that where there seems to be restriction and yes. difficulty. And yes. even in this time of transition, we ask that you would indeed help Allison as she transitions and gets ready for the flight. 
Lord, and uh, you'd help her to find a wonderful place to live where she can continue the tradition of community meals with uh, new people that she will be meeting there and those that she already knows there from her times there. I pray that this transition will be a beautiful thing. It'll be a, even a forging of a, a new spiritual community of people that are bringing change to the country in such a positive way, uh, but also just in the, their own lives, in the care of their own lives, that Allison would not... Uh, once feel lonely, Lord, yes. she would feel at home yes. and at perfect peace, yes. and that regardless of the obstacles, she would see your way through it. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you would bring change. God, we also ask, even as Ben um, spoke up today, that the Word of God and who Jesus was and who we are asked to be is such a marrying of the practical and the spiritual. And God, we ask that as Allison goes to help these people in such practical and necessary ways, we ask, Lord, that the spiritual would be evident. God, we ask for the um, your spiritual giftings in her and those of the staff and the people that she works with to be blessed and that they would function in those things. God, we ask that they would be able to hear your voice and to see you at work in places that other people don't see and that they would be able to speak light and truth and hope into those dark areas. And then when they are confronted with things that are heavy and difficult to see, God, that you would put hope into them and they would be able to speak hope and life and miracles into that situation. We ask for such a beautiful involvement of the practical and your Holy Spirit to work together through Allison and those she works with in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Allison.